Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to Jimmy Scott Fitness Podcast and Radio Show. Coming to you on this Friday evening here with a podcast episode. Uh, we're talking on training specifics, and uh, I get a lot of questions from you guys, uh, the average coach to athlete people. I mean, who don't do fitness as a career or for a living. You ask like, what kind of training we do? What do I coach? What's my philosophy? What do I believe in? And I've touched on this through. A handful of podcasts, but I'll do it a little bit more specifically here. And this question comes uh, actually from another fitness professional in uh, coaching programs and groups. They ask, you know, hey, what do you guys do in your facility? What works best? What, what's your average, you know, I guess avatar? Who, who's the normal person you work with? And I'm going to try to break that down here and hopefully it makes enough sense uh, audio wise for you guys. Uh, and a side note, I'm in my home office right now. And uh, if you hear my dog bark, it literally, again, it's just protecting me from the UPS guy. Amazon Prime and then the local uh, neighborhood children. So I apologize for any background noise here because I'm on the real mic tonight and it picks up pretty much everything. So uh, without further delay, uh, people will ask, you know, what kind of training do you do? Uh, what do I do? What do we do in-house? I'm going to kind of break down the two. And it's a, it's a fair question. I know when sometimes people watch our stuff, uh, it can be confusing because obviously we do a ton of group training. Um, we do have individual athletes who come in. We do have youth fitness uh and certain people have different goals, but for the most part, I think, you know, uh, general fat loss and uh, just building strength to look better, move better, and feel better is who we are and what we do. And that's actually how I train myself in our reality. And I know when you see some of the things I share, it might be confusing. You know, I'm doing certain things that people can do at home or anywhere, but just because it's the easiest thing to share on the internet for people, I know everybody doesn't have like you know, an assault bike, a row, and a ski in their house. So for us to put programs together like that or different sleds and share that on the internet, it's really hard for people to take it and to apply it. So that's why we do share more uh, dumbbell, kettlebell, and, and body weight stuff. Not that we don't share the other things, but uh, I know a lot of you guys don't have access to it unless you're crazy like me. And if you're watching on YouTube, uh, I have uh, the assault bike right here next to me in our home office. We do have one at our house, but uh, we are different. We are fitness people, and uh, it's kind of who we are. And uh, Admittedly, if I had uh, even more space, I probably would have a, a row and a ski and a bunch of other stuff here as well. But since I own a building full of fitness equipment, there's no need to have it here. So when people ask, you know, what kind of training do you do? Um, it's kind of hard to explain, I guess, to the, the average consumer in person. And it makes sense because a lot of think people come in and think our place looks, you know, somewhat like a CrossFit box, somewhat like a boutique studio, somewhat like a place where people just do kind of like some form of functional training. And the reality is we do do group fitness. Uh, that's the biggest thing that we do. Um, but we don't do classes, and I don't, I don't call them that. People will say that, and I'm not going to be super technical and correct them, but it's not a group exercise class. We don't stand up in the front of the room with a microphone screaming out stuff to you guys in your stationery just doing your exercises. That's not what we do. I'm, there's nothing against that. I'm not bagging on it. People who do, like, uh, body fit stuff or the Les Mills things, it's fine. If you like it and it's fun, be active, man. I'm, I'm all for it. But that's not what we do. Um we also have people who come in who just lift. Um, they come in, they lift, um, you know, heavy is, heavy is a relative term, but they lift heavy. Um, but they're not power lifters, and they're not looking to uh, compete, most of them, or do anything. They just want to get stronger. And then, obviously, we do a lot of uh, high-intensity training. We do different hit protocols. If you guys want to go as, you know, the technical Tabata stuff, we do a little bit of that. We do a lot of the, the Metcon, the face-melting. Uh, miserable training sessions, but it, we're not Orange Theory by any means. We don't we don't step sit you on a treadmill and just walk away. Again, I'm not bagging on them, but we don't have treadmills, so that alone uh, is probably the biggest difference. Uh, but that and we we coach everything you know progression regression based. And so let me explain the philosophy, and hopefully it aligns with what you guys are doing in the program that you're in. 
Um, we do small group personal training, essentially is what it is. And as small is a relative term. Uh, the biggest groups we'll ever do uh, during a week, it would be 24. And when that's going on, typically there would be two or three of us coaching it. Uh, very rarely would it be one of us at that scale. A lot of our groups probably range from... I would say 8 to probably 16 is the average range because we have so many time slots. We don't oversell things. And, again, the max that we do is 24 because I feel that's the max we can comfortably teach and coach at scale to give them everything they need on a weekly basis. Now, on a Saturday, it's a free-for-all. Anybody can come. And on holidays, like Thanksgiving and stuff, we might have 60 people in a group. Now, we design the session differently that way because I don't think it's possible. I don't care who you are um, and I say this all the time, I think in terms of group training stuff, progression or regression based, taking something and making it simple. I do think BJ Gador is probably the best dude in the world, even though he, he doesn't run a gym anymore and it's not really his personality type. Um, but he's the best at that. And as good as he is, I don't think he can do 60 people. He can't even do even close to that. I know that. Um, I don't think anybody has the bandwidth, uh, the capacity, the talent, or the foresight to be able to coach that many people at scale that quickly in a group. So that's why we do make our stuff smaller because when people come in, I want to make sure, A, we know their name, we know who they are, we know what their goals are, we know if they have mobility issues. If they need a regression, we're able to do it for them on the spot and walk them through it. They can always access us during the session and just for them to be safe and, and learn what the hell they're doing and be able to coach them as much as they want to be coached. And so that's what we do. Um, and so in our groups, that means – you know, everybody's, it's progression, regression based. And so meaning like my grandma could do level one and then like, you know, a Jeremy Williams who's in our stuff, he's an Iron Man, he can do like level three, four or five. And so it's go at your own pace. We give you the keys to the car and we let you floor it within reason. We're the quote unquote, the governor on the car for you guys. So we don't let you go too fast. We don't let you go too slow. Um, but obviously if you're a person who's, who's shown they can own it and you want to make yourself sick and lay on the floor, you, you certainly can do that. But for everybody else, we preface it. Uh, with a certain way. We give certain weight ranges and rep ranges and, and certain metrics and goals for people to shoot for. So when you guys come in and you're in a group, well, at least with our stuff and how we coach it, it means you're doing your own progression regression-based training program and someone else is doing theirs. And so you're not doing the exact same workout as everyone else. Unless you guys are at the exact same level, it would be different from exercise to exercise, you know, section to section, group to group, all with sharing the attention of a coach. And so hopefully that makes sense. And the, the best example I could give you is, let's say, I do a session myself, like I'm going to go in it and Monica or Jacob's going to coach it, for example, and I'm in there and I'm next to Lisa and Lisa's 63 years old, however old she is. And, uh, you know, I might do, if it's the salt bike, you know, max cows in a minute without getting sick, obviously, I might do 35 calories, which is a decent pace. Um, and she might do seven calories, which is fine. It doesn't matter. I don't speed her up. I don't slow her down. And I'm crushing myself and she's crushing herself in the same metric. If we go to the next spot, it's goblet squats. I might pick up a hundred pound dumbbell and go, you know, max reps in the minute. And she might pick up a, you know, a 22 pound kettlebell, for example. So there is autonomy inside the program, and especially for people who have knee, hip, ankle mobility issues, maybe some lumbar stuff, a shoulder, whatever it may be. After the age of probably 25, most of us have, we're carrying something with us. And I don't just mean like you know, issues mentally and, and emotionally, because I think we all have a decent amount of shit uh, in our bag with us at all times. But I mean physically. Uh, most of us have been dinged up at least a little bit. I knock on wood. I feel like I've been pretty unscathed uh, through my life, but even for me, as I hiked the Grand Canyon last week, my right knee is still inflamed. 
I'm trying to work through it. I again, I had tennis elbow earlier this year. You're always going to get like little stuff, especially the volume and the amount of training that I'm doing and going through. And you guys are the same way because you're busy with kids in life and you might not do as much mobility as you need to, or you might not get as much sleep. And so there's always going to be little stuff that comes with you. And so the point of me saying that is there's not one exercise that we teach that everybody has to do. So if my man Tom comes in and Tom is having hip issues and Tom doesn't feel comfortable doing a normal like back squat or front squat, but he can split squat or he can lunge because he feels more comfortable there, then we swap those exercises. Does that make sense for you guys? So there's there's not one thing that we're married to. There's always going to be a, a, a progression or regression or a replacement for that exercise that somebody can do to still elicit a same or a similar result. So hopefully you guys are following with me here. And so since everything's progression and regression based, there's a few things that we focus on for people to make improvements as they go through their training. And so the first thing we have people do is, you know, can they handle their own body weight? And I believe this. I think a lot of people go into the gym with no training and no coach and no idea what the fuck they're doing. And they go and just load up a barbell. And I think that's probably the, the unsafest thing people can do. Dudes especially. I think women are a little bit more uh, intelligent, <laughs> if that, that's how I want to word it. Guys will go into the gym, uh, to your normal big box gym, and they'll go on a, the bench press. They'll do... Uh, they really don't do mobility. They just kind of move their arms around and then they'll put on, you know, some plates on the bench press and they'll just start benching. And uh, they haven't even mastered their own body weight yet. So there's, and again, I'm not saying you can't do that, but if you're a dude and you can't do like, you know, 10, 15 pushups, I don't think you need to be going super crazy like on a barbell bench press. It's the same note we would say like in our squat warm up. If you can't do 100 body weight squats, you have no business, you know, loading up a barbell and going crazy. Now, I know that might be a little bit extreme and you don't have to take it that literal, but that's kind of how I think about it. So if you have not mastered your own body weight, what business do you have loading up a bunch of heavy, crazy weight when you haven't even owned the pattern yet with just you and yourself and the earth? Does that make sense? If you can't squat properly with your own body weight, then using an external load of barbells, kettlebells, and dumbbells is just completely stupid and you're just asking for injury because you haven't owned the pattern yet. That's why we do a lot of things like time training stuff in our space. And what example I'd give you is if we do walking lunges for our people, sometimes they go for a minute, sometimes they go for three minutes in a group setting. I think the longest we probably have them do is five minutes. Now, some of our advanced athletes, like I've had Lindsay come in and do like 10 minutes of walking lunges with me before in a workout. Now, again, she's shown that she's owned a movement and she can do that and she's built up the capacity um, to be there. And, and most people aren't. So what I'm saying is, why are you doing loaded walking lunges, you know, for sets of 10 or 20 or whatever you're doing, but you have never been able to do walking lunges for two minutes straight without stopping or even feeling what the pattern's like. So I'm a huge fan of time training and doing things where you guys aren't just chasing sets and reps. Those are important, but it's also important for you guys to, you know, build up a capacity, uh, an endurance, a muscular endurance, if you will, to be able to own something. That's just my philosophy and that's what I feel about it. Nothing, I don't think has changed my physique and my body more than doing things for time. Uh, and that's probably been in the last five or six years uh, more than not. Like when I really challenge myself, like when I dump my shoes, I take it off and I'm like, how far can I lunge really? And it first started, I can't, I can't remember where we got this from. I think it was... We were talking, we saw a guy doing bear crawls in the sand. Uh, I think BJ shared this like for like 30 minutes on the beach, which is ridiculous. So doing bear crawls for like three minutes is insane. Doing bear crawls for a half hour is just straight lunacy, if you ask me. And so it got to the point of like, you know, how 
how long can you lunge for without stopping? And I took a guess. I'm like, I don't know, 20 minutes, 30 minutes. I think the first time I tried, I did walking lunges for like 37 minutes. And I think I had it on either Snapchat or Instagram when I did it. And uh, I called it quits at 37 minutes. Now, I had lifted in the week prior, but that's a ton of volume. And I was at the track, so I just kept going around and round and round. I'm like, well, if I can make it 37 minutes, I can make it an hour. And I went back the following Sunday um, to the track over here, and I did lunges for 60 straight minutes, which was just over a mile, like 1.1 miles, uh, give or take, uh, depending on the steps. And the point of me sharing that is after that, I really felt like I owned lunges. This is probably five or five years ago or so. I really feel like I own the movement, like I understood it. And I, and I really got, because when you're doing things for time, you're not just, you know, wishing for the set to be done and wishing for the reps to be done. You guys can actually be in it and you can feel what it's like every time you take a step forward through the right foot. See how you push through the heel, see how the big toe is flush and then take the next step with the left and see if there's a difference in stride lengths. And it, you can really, because you're there for an hour. I mean, an hour is an extreme. You guys do it for, do something for five minutes. But my point is, when you're there, you can actually feel what it's like when you watch yourself in a mirror move through space without your shoes on to see all the little idiosyncrasies of your training and patterns I think is important. So that's why we do do a lot of stuff for time um, where people can just forget about the sets and the reps because I think a lot of times when we do that, now some people are crazy, like I'll kill myself on sets and reps and load and I know where you know my failure point is and where my fatigue is, but most people don't. And so when they set something for 10 reps, they just do it for 10 and they quit, even though deep down they could have got 17 because the threshold was already set in their brain mentally. They weren't willing to go to the next 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. So for me, I do think the time sets can be a game changer. And on a side note, once you own those time sets with body weight, now when you start adding things like load, speed, tempo into it, that's a complete game changer altogether. So I always urge everybody, master your body weight. Be able to do body weight squats, full range of motion, um, without any major mobility issues and without any pain or restrictions. Be able to do push-ups. Be able to do walking lunges. Be able to hold a plank for a minute. You know, sometimes in our assessment, we tell people, I'm like, stand on one foot for 10 seconds. If you can't stand on a foot for 10 seconds, we can't work with you. Seems pretty simple, right? We have people, can you do 10-inch worms? Can you touch your toes? Like, can you hold a plank in a push-up position for one minute? Can you get me 30 calories on the assault bike in less than three minutes? Like really basic things just to see where they're at because we know if they can't do that, they're not ready to do some of the stuff we're going to be asking them to do. The next one in our groups, we get people stronger. And most people are nowhere near as strong as they think they are. I'll say it again. Most people are nowhere near as strong as they think they are. And I know that sounds, you know, kind of harsh. And maybe I'm an asshole for saying that. And I'm speaking to men uh, more often than not there um, because women, and I'm generalizing here, on average women are much more badass than they think they are. Uh, a lot of the women we see, they come in, I could never pick that up. I could never do that. And they're so strong. It is almost It almost blows me away, honestly, when I see them, you know, commensurate to their body weight and the amount of scale they use. So like when you see these women pushing a sled that weighs double their body weight or they're, they're, you know, I can't pick that up. And they pick up a hundred pound kettlebell and I'm like, holy shit, dude, like that is weighs about the same as you do. Like it's very impressive. So women, I would say underestimate their strength. So we have to get them out of that thinking like, oh, if I lift weights, I'll be bulky again. On the side note, we can do a whole podcast on that. 
Women, you can lift heavy as shit every day for the rest of your life, and you will not get bulky unless you're eating a ton of In-N-Out burger, pizza, and cupcakes. It's just the truth. If you eat right, your macros are unchecked, and you lift heavy as hell, you're going to become strong and sexy as fuck. Uh, that's just the reality. So that's a side note for all my beautiful ladies out there. The dudes are the ones who are nowhere near as strong as they think they are. I can't tell you how many dudes come in and they think they can do these crazy loads, especially when we have them do a little bit of volume onto it or when we cut their rest time down. We watch their strength levels to decrease almost instantly. I remember like when we had a group of these high school kids come in and they're like, what do you do? Oh, I back squat 225. I back squat 205. I back squat 185. For how many reps? Oh, for six reps. Oh, for 10 reps. And they're just throwing out ridiculous numbers. And I'm looking at them. Which, again, maybe not fair of me. I'm looking at them thinking, there's no way in hell you guys are loading that much up properly. But I'm like, fair enough. I'll give you guys a 50-pound sandbag and we'll have you front squat it. And literally, they fold like a lawn chair. I mean, literally, they're just like, they're done instantly. They do like six or seven squats and they're smoked. Or guys come in and they say, oh, I do 600 pounds in leg press. And we have them lunge 50 yards and it's literally like they're finishing the last leg of a marathon. Like, literally, legs are jello. So... We spend a lot of time getting people's bodies strong enough to handle the loads um, so they can get the results that they want. But I go shallow and deep in with that. And so we give people ranges. And so every workout that we do when we coach in our space, I've already done it. I've already been through it. And our the people who work for me and with me in our space, they train too. Um, Jacob trains. Monica trains, uh, everybody we've ever had, Kelly, Joe, you name it. Like they all actually work out and, and do the stuff, and that's what makes it believable. I would never have anybody come in who teaches theory. I just don't believe in it. Um, if they can't show the movement and they can't do the movement and they haven't been in the trenches and they haven't felt the pain, I don't think they can be a really a great coach in terms of what we're doing. Now, I'm not saying if you're in the strength and conditioning world and you're coaching NFL athletes, that's something different. I'm not bagging on you, so don't get all butt hurt and send me a message. I go, what I'm talking about is our stuff. I can't tell 47-year-old Roger to do something and tell him how tough it is and how difficult it is and how much rest time he needs and what the load is he should probably use if I have not done it myself. I don't know what I'd be pulling from. I'd, just, I'd be pulling it out of my ass and just making up information. So I feel it's important for me to feel the pain with them. It's just like it's just like coaching, dieting, and eating. I'm not going to tell somebody, like, here's what it takes to get you know, your body fat to 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4% if I have never done it myself because I want to be realistic with you guys. And I think us as coaches, for all my fitness people out there, when you're not doing that, you become out of touch with reality. And these guys need you to be in reality to them because sometimes we just say, oh, just eat this. I don't understand why you can't. I'm like, well, because you know how hard it is when you really do it yourself. Like, I know how hard it is to eat right every single day. It takes effort. It takes diligence. It takes me planning and being mindful and delaying gratification and doing 19 different things in order to be successful every single day. And I need to feel that so when I have a conversation with somebody, I can be realistic with them. I need to be realistic with myself and my goals and how I look and how I move and how I feel. And if I'm not riding the assault bike, if I'm not doing goblet squats, if I'm not doing burpees, how can I ask you to do the same when I don't know what would be a realistic number for you to achieve and to accomplish inside a workout session? So that's why I'm always saying I'm a practitioner, and I, and I always will be. The day that I stop working out, you guys like this, and not doing this, I won't coach anymore um, because I don't think it's fair to people. And so hopefully I'm 56 years old and I'm still rocking away and crushing it. I'm the fittest 56-year-old guy I've ever seen. If I choose to still do it at that point, or maybe I'm... You know, I look like Bruce Willis and I have Bruce Willis money and I might just not do it. But who knows? Uh, my point is, is that I believe leading from the front um, as well as the back is the, is the key. And so 
once we get people used to loading it and doing different things, we give them a range to go through. So if we're going like today we did skull crushers, for example, I'm like most of you guys in doing skull crushers for 60 straight seconds are probably somewhere between 10 pounds and 30 pounds. And I preface it by that. If you're a beginner, probably 10 to 15 is going to be plenty on the female end. If you're a male, 15, 20, 25, if you want to punch it, probably 30. If you're super strong upper body wise, you can live in that 30 to 40 pound range, but it's going to challenge you. And so I know that because uh, skull crushers I've been doing since I was probably 15 years old. So like that's a basic one, but we know. And so we know to give them a mark to shoot for, and then they can make a mental note. And then when we see them, we can coach them and we start to learn each person. That's why we keep the group small. I don't do groups of 60 people. Now, could we do that? For sure. Would I make more money? Yeah, I'd make a lot more money. I go, but would I really help people the way I'm supposed to? And no. And that's probably the biggest, on a side note, you guys, it's probably the biggest, uh, I guess, internal conflict of of my life uh, in terms of this life and this business. There's a lot of things I could do to make way more money with the same amount of time and effort. Actually, I could make way more money with less time and less effort but it wouldn't help as many people in the right way and it wouldn't have as big of a lasting impact. And so I would feel like I was uh, conning people or scamming them out of what I could really give them. Because if, when you know better, you do better. Uh, and sometimes people say, well, if it's not broke, don't fix it. I'm like, well, if it could be better, it's as good as broken. And I believe that. So that's why we do things the way that we do. I do it. I work with as many people as possible while giving them the best service I can possibly do. Anything beyond that. I think it's a watered down product and I'm robbing people of, of my gift and I'm robbing them of their, you know, their best results and, and the best knowledge base they can have in a relationship they can have with us and with me. And so that's why I run this business the way that I do. And for right or for better or for worse, I don't have to answer to anybody but myself. We are, we're not a publicly traded company. I don't have to answer every 90 days to stockholders. So if we lose money here or there, we do something crazy, um, that's on me. And if I can sleep at night knowing I helped, you know, 377 people, but I really could have worked with 600 a shittier way. Um, I'm happy with really helping the 377. That's just my take. So, uh, back on track. Uh, the intensity um, with which we train with and coach, which I think is probably the key. And uh, don't let that scare you guys out there who listen to it. A lot of you, if you're fitness people, you already know what I'm going to say. Um, we increase the body's ability to handle more volume with less rest. So, you can burn more calories. Um, and you can drop fat faster and you can become a, a better athlete and a better version of yourself. And you can find where your mental limits are. Um, and those are the basic things that we focus on with everybody. I think intensity is key. I'm not a huge fan of like four-hour workouts. Again, I love training just like you guys. And if I didn't have all the other responsibilities outside of just coaching, for sure I'd spend three hours a day in the gym. But I don't have that and neither do you. Especially if you guys with real jobs and families and kids and, and you have different things in your life you want to enjoy. There's a lot of really cool shit you can do in life. Um, and working out four hours a day in the gym is going to rob a lot of that of you, not just the time in the gym, but the recovery and the recuperation and the eating. So we don't focus on duration. It's more about intensity. Um, I'm a huge quality person over quantity any day of the week. I think the average person could work out probably three, four days a week for 25 minutes intense as hell. And then just do some form of, you know, fun, non-fitness activities, walking, riding a bike, maybe, you know, swimming with your kids the other days. And if you're mindful of your food, you can be pretty fit. And you can look pretty good. Now, if you want to be on the cover of men's health, that's something probably a little bit different. But for most of you, that's not a goal or aspiration. And we've already talked about that on the podcast, the cost of getting lean. So for most of you, just being intense and being intentional of your workouts and really being there when you're there. Um, Forget about your life. Forget about your job. Forget about all the shit going on in your life. Just come in the gym, check out, clock in, and fucking rip it, man. And if you do that with intensity, 
two, three, four times a week, like really punch it and push yourself. And the other days, foam roll mobility and just move your body around or go just do some bro lifts. I think you guys can be pretty healthy and pretty fit, but we coach intensity. So we try to tell people with metrics, hey, if you guys are going to ski in the next two minutes, 500 meters is the minimum where you guys could punch. Now, some people, that's easy. Some people, that's super hard. But again, we know where they should or shouldn't be at depending on who they are. And we give them little ranges inside of that. So we're always putting a metric on it. And sometimes we just go through the day and just flow. Um, But again, even in our flow days where we're doing like rep counts, where we count the reps up, we count the reps down, we have an idea of where they should finish because again, I've done it myself. I've done it fresh. I've done it tired. I know where the average person is going to be. And so, again, I'm a huge fan of being a practitioner. And on a side note, how we program our stuff out for you guys who care, everything is birthed off a very basic platform. And I think that's the key is to keep things really simple. We want to get super fancy in fitness sometimes and and impress um, the clients we work with and show them a bunch of fancy shit. And I'm not from that school. I don't believe in it. I don't think you have to be doing you know, you know, single leg pistol squat fucking box jumps and like balancing on a BOSU ball with like an ice cream cone in one hand and like, you know, a dumbbell in the other. I think it's ridiculous. I see so much insane stuff on the internet. I never comment because I don't have the context. Maybe they have, they know some secret that I don't, but uh, we don't do that. Um, every workout that we do is birthed off of, you know, the basic six kind of patterns. You know, we go off like a push, a pull, a hip dominant, a quad dominant, a trunk, and like a total body exercise. That's kind of how everything is is birthed. And there's a ton of different variations from there that things live off of, but that's what we do. So I want people to do to master the basic movements. And if you can hinge at the hips and you can push and you can pull both, you know, horizontal and vertical, um, you can do just about anything in fitness and be fit. There's no need for the super you know, high uh, impact stuff, the, the crazy overhead shit and jumping around. Now, I'm not saying you can't do that, but it's not required and it's not necessary and you guys don't have to do it. So my goal as a coach and for you guys, when we, when we show things and prescribe things, and I might share things on Instagram uh, for the sexiness of it sometimes because I know it'll get more clicks and more views and more people will come into our queue. And then once they're here, we can you know, give them what they need. We call it sizzle and steak. So if that's the sizzle, then I'm the steak once they're here. I might show things that are a little bit more difficult and more advanced because we like to cross a spectrum of, you know, audiences and people because I am fit and I do like to work with people who are, you know, super advanced and people who are gangsters. But in reality, we share very basic stuff that almost anybody can do and it's scalable, whether the weights go up or down or the intensity decreases. But the point being is when you're doing all that really insane stuff, jumping around, it's not like, you know, if I'm going to get hurt, it's when. And it's, I'll give the example at a time. Like, can you do box jumps? Sure. You can also run with scissors in your hand. What's the fucking point, dude? Eventually something's going to go wrong. Like, right? Like you just don't do things that are unnecessarily unsafe. And my goal as a coach, and I think for you guys who are fitness professionals out there, or if you have a coach, their goal is to keep you as safe as possible to have you, you know, look, move and feel as healthily and safely as you possibly can with putting as much stress on the tissue, so stressing the muscle tissue as much as possible while keeping your joints as safe as they can be. Because the tissue, we can tear that down, we can build that up, but the joints, a lot of us, there's only so much life on those bad boys and we don't want them to take a lot of the impact and the wear and the tear. So we do things that are safe. And we try to load you guys up and challenge you in the safest way possible. I'm not saying you can't get hurt on the assault bike. Um, I did have a girl hit herself in the head with one of the handles. Fatigue is real. It makes cowards of us all. 
And I remember one time a man, Diego, uh, actually headbutted the ski uh, monitor. So do, things do happen, but uh, those are few and far between, and both those people aren't, those are not serious injuries, and they're nothing crazy. And last time I checked, you know, pushing a sled um, really didn't kill anybody. You know, I mean, it, it, you come close, but uh, short of you falling on the ground about a foot, like it's really not that dangerous, but one of the, the most taxing workouts on the body but very safe and very very efficient so that's what i believe in. that's what we do and that's kind of how we do all our stuff how can we make this you know progression and regression based for people how can we touch every person who's in the group how can we really fucking challenge them but in a safe way where they feel like they got a great workout in but their body's not beat up and banged up and they feel like shit now muscle soreness is real and if they're not sleeping right and eating right and you know doing as much mobility and foam rolling they're going to have a little bit of that you know delayed you know onset muscle soreness that might not go away for a couple of days but nobody ever comes in and they're completely like just wrecked uh, a few instances our sunday advanced metcon group it comes to mind just because today i'm talking to my boy jeff and jeff did um the the grand canyon hike with uh, me and uh, i'm like man my knee is still like you know swollen it's getting better it's way better than it was uh sunday when we got back i couldn't even walk um it's getting better today i have not lifted lower i did walking lunges today actually pain-free which is nice Uh, squatting still bothers it i feel like a a thickness and a stiffness in the knee but walking lunges were fine but my point is I was sharing with him, like, man, my knee is still swollen, man. I'm like, well, it reminds me of the time, like, we did this uh, serious 600 workout, and there's 100 pull-ups in it, and he couldn't really straighten his arms for, like, five days. Now, I feel bad about that, um, but that's our Sunday advanced uh, Metcon group. I would never do that well, with uh, a normal group of people or a, a beginning training person or even a normal training person and during the weekday. Now, Jeff is a friend of ours. Um, his wife was in our wedding. Like, we're, we're that close. And so, and he's very, very, very fit. And so he has the capacity to do that. But apparently that day, the pull-ups, 100 pull-ups in the short amount of time we did them really got to him. So I don't believe in hurting people and crushing to the point of where you get rhabdo or you're sick or your soul run down. I want you guys to be fit and healthy and be sore and be pushed, but be able to come back and do it a day later or two days later or three days later. Not so crushed where your fitness is stealing your fitness and is taking away from you having fun in your life and you feel like you're, you're broken and beat up. I don't believe that's the purpose of fitness, and that's not the way that we coach it for people. Now, there's a time and place to be sore and and run down a little bit when you're pushing your limits, but that's not every single day. You can't PR every day. You're not going to do your one-minute assault bike max every day. You're not going to do your you know 2K row max every day. You're not going to PR your deadlift and squat and bench press every single week. It's just not realistic. That, that stuff takes a lot out of your CNS. It messes with you. It takes a lot out of your body, and so you have to be really smart about how you program that and do it, and that's what we do for our people. And so after we get our people ready, you know, mastering their body weights, understanding, you know, how to properly load stuff and get stronger, and then focusing on intensity for them, we have them do what we call like chasing the numbers. And that's where we look at, you know, their the program and how we make it and what we do. And we find what works best for them and their body and the group as a whole, because the average person is very similar, yet each person has their own individual goals. And so we look at people, when we program out our stuff, uh, typically we do it about six months ahead of time. So I program, you know, January, February, March, April, May, June, and then I go June through the rest of the year based on what the group is doing and how things are going. And any new tips I get from, you know, my fitness homies and friends and things I might, you know, beg, borrow and steal from them to throw into our training. If I see something cool, I can, I mean, I'm the boss. I can do whatever the hell I want. Um, I'll throw it in and we'll try it. So if I was going to do a normal, like, you know, uh, 
let's say bench press variation and bj says hey we're doing these you know single arm foam roller presses hey, you should try them and he throws it to me i'll swap those in and out so basically i'm swapping a you know a pushing movement for a pushing movement or i'm going to swap a squat for a squat if i find a different variation or something fun i like so that's the, the nice about having the autonomy and so we find our, as our athletes are going through it what works best for their body what volume what sets what reps what time and how they're doing to it. And if their body is responding best to strength, then we keep doing the strength work. If their body responds better to doing the high-intensity interval stuff, guess what? We keep doing the high-intensity interval stuff. Um, we simply find where the body changes best, and that's what we kind of move forward and do. Um, and then, obviously, you know, measuring the body and the progress on a certain basis. And for a lot of people, I tell them, you know, if you want to do the scale, it's fine. I think it's a shitty metric, but a lot of people live by it, and I'm going to you know, I'm probably going to die and people are still stepping on the scale and I'm probably going to die and people are still comparing themselves to other people. That's probably going to be the two biggest failures of my fitness career in my life would be a people still thinking the scale is a good metric and two still comparing your life and your body and your looks and all your shit to other people and letting it steal your joy because the scale and comparison are two things that really steal people's joy and it pisses me off and I have not figured out a way to fix it yet. Um, but if I do, um, you guys will be the first to know, and I will probably be all over the world uh, doing that speech and talking about it when I can really get it to sync. And it's my mission, so I'm on it. But the point is, is that we have people measure their progress, and if it's a scale, whatever. Um, body fat, dress size, pant size, but how you look, move, and feel I think is the biggest thing um, because we want people to get to where they want to be. And so I'm not against you know clipping body fat and going through that stuff. I think it's a nice metric to have. But ultimately, it's like, how do you feel in your clothes? How confident are you? How much stronger you're getting? Are you able to do a workout today you couldn't do three weeks ago? Did you used to ski 940 on a 2K and now you're doing nine minutes, which is a crazy jump? Where you used to do like a 5K run, your turkey trot used to enter, you'd have to walk half of it, now you can finish the whole thing. Things like that are important. And again, we're all numbers-driven people. And if your workouts are getting better and the numbers are getting better and you're, you're more efficient and the things that used to be really hard for you are not as hard anymore, um, your body's soon going to follow in terms of the way you look. And so, again, you guys, I'm not married to a certain type of training style. Um, so it allows us to do tons of things in the gym that a lot of other gyms cannot do. Um, again, I'm not bagging on CrossFit. It's fine, but it's CrossFit. You're going to do CrossFit shit. That's just it. If you're into bodybuilding and that's what you coach, you're going to do bodybuilding stuff. If you're into just strength and conditioning, if you're just into athletic performance, if you're just into Zumba, whatever it is, if you're married to that and that's all you guys coach, then that's fine. But we are not bound by those rules. So we can create you know, different customized solutions and progressions and regressions for people based on what I see works best for me and for them and the general population of the community. And I think most gyms will have a system um, and it makes you adapt to their system. Um, and that doesn't work for everyone. So we build a system for you guys. And we literally everything we do, um, every program we make is prefaced on you know what you guys need and what I see in the marketplace in terms of what does the average person struggle with. And I don't have a ton of amazing skills, um, you know, IQ-wise, but emotional intelligence I do. So I see people and I empathize, empathize with them. And I can see what they need and how we can fill the gap and fix the void. Like, okay... The average person sucks at mobility. How can we get them to do mobility? And I've told the story before. We used to do every fourth Friday would be like mobility Friday. They'd come in, foam roll Friday. My, they got these pool guys who come in. They own a pool company. And the pool guys will come in like, whatever, what the hell ever happened to foam roll Friday? Because, okay, we used to have a group like, let's say, 20 people at uh, Friday at 6 a.m. And 
it'd be 20 people every single week. And then the fourth Friday would come and like four people would show up. And I'm like, what the hell are you guys are like? Oh, we don't need to foam roll and do mobility. It's, it's not important because obviously, you know, the average person knows you know, better than we do. It'd be like me going to the dentist, tell him I don't need to, you know, floss my teeth. He's like, you're a dipshit. You have to floss your teeth. It's the same thing we think with you guys. You have to floss your muscles. You have to foam roll. And so we stopped doing it that way because I'm like, well, I'm not getting adherence to the program. And so because they did that, we start building in all the foam rolling, all the mobility into the workouts now itself. Crazy enough, right? So it's kind of like how you know you can't get your kids to eat vegetables because they think vegetables suck ass. And then you chop the vegetables and you put them into like a chicken noodle soup and all of a sudden they love vegetables and they eat them. So sometimes it's just in the presentation and how you deliver it. So we don't make people adapt to our system. We build the system for you guys. It exists because of you. And I know if it's going to help me work on the things that I'm, you know, deficient at, it will for surely help you guys work on the things you're deficient at. So I take, I reverse engineer myself, obviously, probably with everything, um, because believe it or not, you guys, I'm, we are all the same. I believe that. I think we all have different skills and talents and, and tendencies, but we're all very similar, the things we hate and don't like. And what I've found in my life is like, I'm very much like a normal person in terms of like the things I really don't enjoy and don't like. I'm just willing to, I hate myself just enough that I'm willing to push myself and like really be miserable on my own to do them where I know the average person won't. And so I know if I hate going through mobility drills, the average person hates going through mobility drills. If I really hate riding the assault bike, the average person hates riding the assault bike. If I hate going through burpees and Metcon flows, the average person does too. So that's kind of how we do stuff. Um, and again, we, we let people kind of, you know, we, we take their advice, we take their criticism, and we kind of marry things together and we do it that way. Um, so I think if you guys are in a program and it's similar to that, I think you're probably on the right track. Um, and I tell you guys this because, you know, if you're going to chase uh, numbers and you're going to do things, uh, don't, you know, just waste it on the scale. Don't just waste it on, you know, just body fat numbers. Really, you know, get into a program that has your best interest at heart. Um, you know, that really gets you, it makes you better, I guess. And it makes you educated. And when you're with a coach or a training program, um, you want them to be a, a teacher. It's no different than when you go to like a financial advisor, when you walk in the office, if he's just trying to sell you a bunch of shit. And I think this of financial advisors in general, I think probably 80 to 90% of them are just salesmen and they're just trying to make money off you. And I hate to say it that way, but I think it's the truth. And I think in fitness, I hope the number's not that high, but I think it is rather high of they're just trying to sell you and make money off you, and they don't really want to give you, uh, they don't want to do what's best for you because it's not in their best financial interest. And so my point is, you want someone who's a teacher first, and then they're a coach, and then they're an athlete and everything else. So when you leave, you understand everything. Why are we doing this? How do we do it? Why would I eat this way? What are your suggestions? And so they're teaching you something. So you learn something. You learn how to be efficient with your time in the gym. You learn how to squat. You learn how to foam roll. You learn how to do mobility drills. You learn what macros are. You learn how to get quality sleep. Things like that. And I think if you're investing your money, you when you walk into a financial advisor's office, you would want them to teach you as well. You don't want to leave there saying, oh, I don't know what the hell mutual funds are. I don't know what the hell the S&P 500 is. They should be a teacher first. You should leave their understanding. You should never invest your money into something you have no clue what's going on. I think the same thing for fitness. We should make you understand, here's our training, here's what we do. So in a nutshell, when someone comes in and says, what do you guys do? I'm like, we do, you know, functional, I guess functional fitness is what it would be. Things that are going to transfer outside of the gym. So when you leave us, your fitness does not die in the gym. You leave us, you can go hike the Grand Canyon. You leave us, you can go hike Machu Picchu. You leave us, you can go paddleboarding. You leave us, 
you can go do 97 different things like whatever it choose to do it translates even though we don't have you, you know sit in the gym and run on a treadmill if you leave us and you want to run a 5k you can go run a 5k i promise you that you've built up the bandwidth and the capacity to do it because of how we've trained you not only the strength and the intensity but also the muscular endurance and the aerobic capacity to do it and so we try to marry all the protocols into there so yeah we do a mix of kind of everything if you look at our training it's basically like if you know, high intensity interval training and metabolic conditioning and functional fitness and bodybuilding and athletic performance all kind of married into one. That's what we do. And we're bound by nothing. And so we're always, I guess, willing to shift and evolve and to change based on what you guys want and you guys need. That's why I share the things I do. And I think sometimes the simplest things um, can be made very complex. And that's my belief. And so I stick in the lane that I know. I don't talk about shit I don't know, and I don't show fitness moves that I don't know and things I'm not comfortable with. We do not teach Olympic lifting at scale. I don't believe in it in huge groups. I don't think that's what it's meant for. I know too many people uh, who are too smart who have told me otherwise. And uh, Moji Alua, one of my good buddies, um, actually won a bronze medal in the Olympics for powerlifting. I think he pulled like 405 pounds over his head at like a buck 35 or something crazy like that. And I, I've just I've heard him talk too much about what he sees in certain. I'm not begging on CrossFit, but certain CrossFit facilities, in different places where people are doing ollie lifts at scale, and they're walking away hurt and injured and beaten and broken up. And I'm not saying all of them. There's a lot of good coaches and a lot of good CrossFit programs you guys you could join. But when it's not really coached tight and when it's not really done correctly, there is a big risk of injury. And that's why we teach a lot of low barrier entry exercises. And if we prescribe something in a group that's complex or a higher risk of injury movement, if it is like a deadlift, if it is a swing or you want to go like Turkish get-ups or something crazy, we'll pair it with basic stuff around it. So we know we have to spend more time coaching that because not saying you don't have to when people are doing jumping jacks, but... If you're getting hurt doing jumping jacks, something else went wrong, and it's probably not on us. You're probably a crazy person. So I'm joking, but in all seriousness, that's why we do it that way. So I just want people to get the best out of every session they come in. I want them to have fun. I want them to be challenged. If they hate it, I want them to all hate me together. I want them to push themselves. I want them to look forward to coming in and saying, yeah, this might suck, and I hate these three movements, but it's only 30, 35 minutes I'm going to be out the door. And that's how we coach our group stuff, if I didn't mention that before. All of our group stuff we do, you guys, about 30 minutes in and out. And a lot of people are like, oh, I'm used to working out for an hour or two hours. And they come in and they're seven minutes in and they're crushed. And so, again, I'm not a huge fan of the duration. It doesn't matter. I think it's the intensity of it. And if you're really doing metabolic training, if you're really doing high-intensity stuff, if you're really on like a Tabata's kick, if you're really going max effort shit, you cannot work out for 40 minutes doing that high-intensity. It's impossible. Like, I've, dude, I've been there. I've, I've, dude, I'm friends with some of the fittest people on earth. I mean, they're the fittest people, and they can't do it. Even they have to bullshit a 40-minute Metcon, some of it, or they have to have some gaps and some rest stuff. Even our Sunday advance group, when we do things that are longer, let's say it's like a 40-minute, as many rounds as possible. Those last 10 minutes, I'm ragdolling stuff. I'm just, I'm, I'm like gutting it through. It's like I'm barely alive. And the point is that and sometimes we're doing it for endurance training. Sometimes we're doing it for a different protocol because the workload is longer, and it's, it's more... We call that like an endurance-based workout. If I'm doing something for an hour, I'm basically, it's called something marathon, basically, or it's called something endurance training. It's not its not high-intensity stuff because the intensity is going to drop off. It can be intense, but the percentage of intensity tends to drastically drop the longer you're in the gym. And I see that with a lot of people like, well, I go to an hour-long hit class, Jeremy. 
I'd love to watch it, dude. I'd love for you to film it for me and show me minute 54, minute 56 of you doing, you know, tire flips and, and box jumps and burpees at minute 57 because it has to look like a bag of shit. And I'm not trying to crush anybody for what they coach or what they do. Respect. If your people are happy and they're safe and they're fit, I love it. I've just seen too much fitness where people really get run down. And when fatigue starts to set in, it does make cowards of us all. When you become fatigued and when you become tired, you start to lose intensity, focus, and form. And when you lose the intensity, focus, and form of doing complex lifts and jumping around your body through space, that's when injury tends to happen. And I take pride in this, knock on wood. Um, we don't have people get seriously injured in our space, and I do take a lot of pride in that because I don't want you guys to be hurt because, A, I would feel terrible. Um, because of it, because I mean, from a business standpoint, it's awful because you don't make money because people aren't going to come to you. That's a selfish reason. But two, I would feel awful for you guys because you can't come in and train with us and be part of our community and talk to your friends and hang out with us and be with us. But two, you're injured now for your personal life. You're injured with your kids and your family and your job, and it's going to hobble you and you have to go to a doctor. And I fucking hate being, I hate being hurt injured even small nagging injuries and i hate being sick those are the things i hate more than anything because it robs me of my joy it robs me of being productive and inspired and motivated in the person i am today so that's why we program and coach the way that we do that's why i don't think i show any crazy insane stuff even on the internet even the advanced stuff that i show um, is not super high impact and insane and crazy because i don't think there's a place for it for the average person and there's a million people you can follow for that um, I am definitely not that. So that's what kind of training I do, and that's what kind of training we do. And I think that's what works best for most people. And again, if you guys want to hear what I do specifically uh, every single day, there's a podcast titled How I Train, and you can give that a full listen. But this is what we do in our space and our facility and our people, and that's probably what makes us different. Um, and on top of that, I'm just very realistic. And we coach fitness through all the four pillars, physical, mental, spiritual, and emotional. So I talk about a lot of things that are quote-unquote not fitness-based, but in all reality, they are all fitness-based. And I think that's why people come to us because it's not just about inside the gym. It's your lifestyle. It's how you eat. It's how you sleep. It's how you talk to people. It's how you present yourself. It's how you show up. It's it's how giving you are. It's how selfless you are as a human. I think all those things are born from you working on your physical body because when you get to a place where you feel good and you're not hurt and you're not injured and you're strong and you're confident – um, life gets pretty fucking good, man. And that's kind of how I try to coach. And that's why I take, you know, I don't take myself very serious, um, because I'm, I'm just a normal dude like you guys. I'm just as fucked up and as crazy as, as anybody else, if not, uh, even more so. And I know that, but I do take my craft very serious. And so when people ask me, you know, what makes you different and, and what do you do? I'm like, well, I don't have a hobby, man. This is it. I've given my life to this for the past 10, 11 years, and I don't plan on really slowing down at this point. And I, I do take it serious and I take your guys' results serious. And when I'm gone from the gym, even if it's for other work events, for speaking or um, podcasting or doing writing books and doing the things that we're doing, I feel guilty because I want to be present, even though I can't at this point be at every single group and do everything. I just don't... <laughs> I'm not, a, I'm not an energizer battery, man. I, I do need sleep, and, and I do get run down by certain things. But I do feel guilty because I want to know every person and see every workout and be at every single one. Even though it's not attainable, um, that's my goal because I do care about it because I see the power fitness has um, and health has in people and in your life. And if I wasn't this fit and this healthy, I wouldn't have been able to do you know the, the last 100 really cool epic things outside of the gym I've been able to do because I wouldn't have the bandwidth and the endurance to do it. Um, but now I do. So I've been able to see parts of the world and I've been able to travel places and go places most people will never be able to. And I owe that to fitness. I owe that to being healthy. And I just, that's why I'm so passionate about it. And that's why I care about it. And that's why we coach and do the training that we do. Because I know if I can somehow even give 20% of that to the average person who comes in, it can change their life for the better if they let it. 
And uh, there's nothing better than feeling strong and sexy and confident and just fit as fuck, man. It just makes your life better. And that's why I don't harp on little shit. That's why I don't really, you know, care about the outside world and people's opinions and the car I drive or the house I live in or the clothes I wear and all that shit. Because it doesn't matter, man. Because I feel good. Like, I just, I don't know how else to say it. Like, there's a certain confidence you have when you feel strong and powerful and you like the way your body looks and moves and feels. It just gives you this, it gives you this swagger, man. You just feel like, you feel like Matthew McConaughey in those Lincoln commercials. You just feel like a badass, bro. I don't, I don't know how else to say it. You just, you feel really good. And that would be my wish for all of you guys is to be a part of a program and with somebody who can give you that and show you that path. Now, you still have to do the work. And it's super fucking hard and it's not easy and it really will take a lot out of you. But to me, it's one of the few sacrifices that's worth it in life. To me, I think it's worth sacrificing that over sacrificing a bunch of time for a job title or sacrificing a bunch of time for money or sacrificing a bunch of time for a house or certain things. I'm not bagging on stuff. By all means, get all that shit too and be super fit on top of it. But if you are limited with your time and your resources and your choices... I would urge you guys to spend your time being as healthy and as fit and as strong and as happy as possible in your body and in your life. Because when you can own that and feel confident, you have a swagger when you walk into certain rooms that you just that a lot of people don't have. And it's the, the cool thing about it is it's something that you can't buy. You have to earn it. When you're part of this fraternity and you're part of this group and you are fit and you are healthy and you are strong and you feel it, you know. And you, you it's almost like you're in the matrix, right? Like you, you took the red or blue pill and you grab it and you took it. Now you're outside of it and you can see you're on the other side of the fence. Like, wow, why did I waste so much time, you know, doing all this other shit, not really focusing on my health and my body and how strong I could feel and how confident I was. So when, when you guys get the swagger, you'll know. Um, it's Part of it's a mindset, but then obviously, you, you know, when you have a shitty day and you get out of the shower and you look in the mirror and you're like, man, I look pretty good and I feel good and I'm healthy and I'm happy and I'm the oldest I've ever been, but I'm the fittest and the strongest I've ever been. That's a cool thing to say when most of your friends who you went to college with and high school with are, no offense, probably a shell of them former selves. They're 20, 30, 40, 50 pounds heavier. They don't have great mobility. They, they think of themselves as an old person. And uh, even though I am getting older, Uh, by the day, man, we're very much turning into Bruce Willis day by day by day. But my point being is even as I know I'm getting older, I I feel, you know, like a 17 year old for the most part. Maybe that's, maybe that's mentally uh, more than anything, but I do feel young still. Uh, And I feel athletic and I feel strong and I feel like I could kick the shit out of me at 22, which is a pretty cool feeling to have. And hopefully I have that at 42, 52, and even 62. And that'd be my wish for you guys as well. So um that's our podcast on you know what kind of training do we do in our gym in our studio so all my fitness pros out there who are asking for it hopefully that shed a little bit light on it i know on audio it's a little bit harder to explain um what we do but uh, we just do things that are fun man that get people better and stronger and build up their endurance and just make them a better version of themselves physically and mentally and hopefully spiritually and emotionally as well and i think all that drives from you know what we say and what we do and how i live my life because i know Obviously, you know, I'm the I'm the leader of it. So I, I try to really lead by example for you guys, and I, hopefully I don't steer you wrong. Um, and anytime I know better, I will do better, and I will share better information with you and get you the, the best shit that I can because I know it's important. It's changed my life, and I know it can change a lot of your guys as well. So if you guys are on iTunes right now, stop. Don't be a lazy ass. Drop me a five-star. Leave a comment. Even if you're like, hey, man, I love your podcast, but you swear too much. Whatever it is. A lady left it the other day, actually. So I appreciate her and her honesty. Um, but leave me a five-star and a comment, guys. I truly do appreciate it. The casket effect you have by doing that goes far beyond you can even imagine. And I really, I sincerely do appreciate it. 
Um, it helps me out more than you know. And uh, if there's anything else you guys want to hear in the podcast, feel free to shoot me a message, send me a DM on Instagram or via email. I'm happy to touch on it. I got a lot of Q&A stuff coming from you guys. And uh, I think we're going to get uh, a physician on too here pretty soon to talk about kind of uh, hormone replacement. I think he does males mostly, but we might do a female one as well. If you guys have a request for that, just shoot me a DM and say, yeah, Jeremy, that'd be great. Um, and we'll go that route because I have a pretty awesome female physician too that we work with that we can get on here and really drop some knowledge bombs on everybody in terms of uh, how to make the most out of your body and your hormones when they don't uh, agree with you. Because I know that's a struggle for a lot of our athletes and clients, and I think a lot of you listening out there probably are in the same boat. So that's coming on the pipe. And uh, other than that, uh, I'm going to have a rocking weekend here. So maybe drop you guys a podcast tomorrow quick. I have one on youth obesity and some other statistics too that are pretty eye-opening and pretty daunting and challenging. But Short of that, I'm about to call it a night here, hopefully. I'm old and I'm getting tired, so that is it. So I thank you guys for listening. Again, anything else, you let me know. And until next time, you guys, eat well, train hard, be nice to people, and please just keep doing shit you love with people you enjoy because your life is too short not to. I'll talk to you guys soon. Peace.